Hey, my name is Beck, and welcome back to The Pit and the Paddock, a podcast about motorsports from the perspective of someone brand new to the sport. Um, this week was Abu Dhabi. It was also Seb's last race. Um, also Danny and Mick, technically their last races as well for now. Um, I have a strong belief that both Danny and uh, Mick will be back in no time. We started off the week with uh, Mick and Haas announcing um, them going their separate ways. Mick's statement was, you know, very polite. <laughs> um, it was very polite. Kind of within an hour, Haas then announced that Nico Hulkenberg was coming back and was taking this, the seat, which, you know, is not exactly what you want to hear, but it is what it is. Um, I personally don't understand the point of bringing back an old driver who has never actually done well, has never made it to the podium in the spot of someone who is in only their second year but I guess I'm not a team principal so that's fine um I know that Gunther said something along the lines of the issue with Mick is that we have to carry him whereas we need someone to carry us um and while I don't completely disagree I think that if you're an F1 team you should be able to have the funding you should be able to have the money to support your new drivers um and you shouldn't just ditch them because oh it's a little bit more expensive than you were expecting if you can't afford it don't be a fucking F1 team <sighs> but that's just me um Red Bull came out and said that everything is fine between Checo and Max. No issues anymore. Everything's been discussed. Everything's been spoken about. I, again, it was, it all sounded very professional. Um, there was a lot of talk this week about teamwork and we're working as a team and I'm going to be helping my teammate and my teammate is wonderful and very, just very, yeah. <laughs> just a lot of team 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 Seb had his first up helmet swap of the week with George um, that we saw uh, Seb wears a size small helmet um, he must have a tiny head he looks like he has quite a large head must be fucking tiny George however has a very large head um, that's all cool. Danny released some new merch. It was very, very expensive. I was not happy. It was, I think it's cost me $200 to buy a hoodie. Um, so $175 for the actual hoodie itself and then $25 for shipping, which is just so ridiculous. But speaking of merch, I got a piece of merch that absolutely encapsulates like my interests. I got some merch from Two Girls One Formula. It is a Formula One Cross One Direction t-shirt. I love it. I think it's incredible. Um, wasn't $200, um, but honestly probably would have paid $200 for it. There's been some comments, as there seems to be every week, um, about kind of who is or who isn't allowed to be a fan of Formula One. 
this week there was um, a post going around Twitter um, talking about how the new female obsession with Formula One is a disaster. They don't enjoy the motorsport, they just enjoy the drama between competitors and the attention they get in a male environment. They will seek to feminize and subvert the sport and make it as gay as possible. And in my personal opinion, when I watch sport of any kind, my aim is always to make it as gay as possible. So I can't exactly say that they're wrong. Um, I just think that that's not really the right thing to be getting upset about or offended about because those drivers do not help themselves uh, at all, at all. But, you know, moving right along from that... Um, the pre kind of the pre weekend uh, media stuff was, I mean, relatively tame, pretty boring to be honest with you. Um, David Beckham congratulated George for his win in Brazil, which is lovely. Um, it's what he deserves. Um, they were discussing again just more of the Red Bull saga. Um, Martin was saying how it was quite strategic for Max that the team have to apologise to him and not Checo um, but on the other hand they shouldn't have had to ask him to help his teammate out he should have just done it but uh, like it's a team sport at the end of the day when it's when the individuals are fighting when only one individual on the team is fighting for something it turns into a team sport so that everyone gets behind that one driver and supports them as best as possible to reach their goal. Um, Max basically said that it was something that had happened previously, that he'd already explained, that he thought everyone was on the same page, um, but that he was told very late in the race on the last lap and it's not a good look for him and everyone's been threatening him and his family and that it's like you know unacceptable but I, I completely agree I mean everyone is just a human everyone has feelings just because they're in the public eye doesn't mean that they've consented to being harassed on the internet um Checker said a, a very similar thing basically just that it's been discussed and that it's time to move on which I again I think it's very um professional what both of them have said Checo more so than Max but I think that they've definitely been told do not say anything um, this is what we as a team are, are sticking with which I respect I mean you have to have some kind of grasp on on your uh, drivers and you, you have to look united when you are releasing these kinds of statements um, it came out or well, I mean it it's kind of already knowledge but Rosberg and Jensen at the time before the race were the only teammates of Lewis Hamilton to ever finish above him in the drivers championships which is quite a feat if you ask me that's very impressive um Again, they were discussing Haas and the switch between Nico and Mick and, you know, they were, Martin was saying how Haas kind of just need to either stick with the young drivers and, it, like, develop them or they need to just 
accept that they're not going to have young drivers and they're not going to be the place to get young drivers um, because they can't afford it. And if they can't afford it, then they shouldn't be taking them on and like setting them up to fail, essentially. Uh, there was the discussion about Ferrari, um, that they have two young drivers who are very, very confident, but they have underperformed this year. I, yeah, I think that they were set up to fail again this year by the strategy, um, especially Charles. Um, they had the best car at the start of the year. Charles was delivering for the most part. Um, and then, yeah, everything just kind of turned around. Uh, got let down by f quite a few decisions made by the team. It just, it didn't really seem to work out super well. Uh, first practice was, everyone was using different tyres. There was a really, really large mix. A lot of like the young drivers um, had, had a seat for this first practice. So Liam Lawson was in Max's car. He did really well. He was driving between, he was switching a lot between F1 and F2 um, drives and practices and stuff. So I think he adapted really, really well to the F1 car. Um, I think that he should have been given a seat for next season. I think that he has proven himself in F2 to be a very, very good contender and a very, very good driver. Um, Schwartzman was in Carlos's seat. They finished uh, first practice P7, which was, I think, uh, uh, again, very impressive. Um, Fittipaldi was in mixed seat. They didn't do too great. Jack Doohan was in Fernando's seat. They didn't have the best of practices. They finished 19, P19. Um, but, you know, you live and you learn. I think it's great experience for, for all, this, all these kids. Um, one that who is not a young driver, Robert Kubica, was in Joe's uh, seat. Uh, didn't do great, didn't do too badly. P14. Um, Drugovic was in Strolls. He finished Formula 2 um, as the champion, which is, you know, just beautiful to see. Um, and he is, he finished though practice P20, which is not what you want. Um, Award was in Lando's seat. They immediately had an issue with the car. I believe it was an engine or a systems issue. Sergeant spun. He was in Latifi's seat. He, I'm not even going to get into him. That's just a whole other thing. Um, and then Charles and Checo did the best. Um, they both really, really want to get P2 in the championships. Um, you know, Red Bulls never had the one two, and Charles was doing so well and leading for a portion of the year, and he would want to be proving that he hasn't wasted his time. So, kind of post free practice, they do some more media stuff. Um, they were saying that George was looking about a foot taller than usual, having walked into the the paddock this weekend, just because he's so like excited and proud and feeling great and ready to go. 
Um, again, I think he did a great job. I think 2023, George is going to just take off. I think he's going to do very, very well. I think he's going to be competitive for a top three seat um, in the Drivers' Championship. Ferrari are on track to win second in the Constructors, but they just need to beat Mercedes by at least... Well, they need to keep Mercedes off, basically. Mercedes need to win by at least 20 points to move up to second place. Helmut Marko had was in a press conference and announced that Danny Rick has signed with Red Bull um, as a third driver because they have the money for it which is an interesting decision to get him to announce. Um, Christian then, like the next day at the uh, principal's conference, was saying, well, he actually hasn't signed anything yet. We weren't meant to be announcing it until everything was signed. Um, But that is the aim. And Danny Rick said a very, very similar thing of the aim is to go to Red Bull, I just have to, like, everything just needs to be signed before we can properly confirm it, which I think that it's an interesting decision, but I also think that he knows what to expect from Red Bull, they all love him, so I I think that he will, he has a good chance at Red Bull to get back on the grid, get back into a seat. They, Alpine, had to tell Fernando and Esteban to get their crap together and stop acting like children. Um, They were told something along the lines of, this is a team, you're privileged to be racing drivers. If others did this, as in if other like positions within the team did this, they would be let go for gross misconduct, which I think is very important for some for a lot of the drivers to be told i think that obviously it's a bit uh, you can kind of tell if a team is gonna threaten you with that or not like if it's an empty threat i mean there's no way in hell red bull would say that to max max is a money-making machine for them um but i think that alpine can afford to kind of say listen pull your heads in or you're getting a substitute for the weekend. Like, we're not having this. Um, I think that they can afford to, in the sense that they can't afford for their drivers to keep hitting each other. Um, They... Yeah, so there was a lot of discussion about Alex um, because he's going to be kind of the senior driver at Williams next year. Um... I think that he is going to do well having that leadership responsibility. Um, I think that he has a strong case to push to leave Williams and join a midfield team, um, like top of the midfield. I think that he would succeed there very well. I don't think he quite has what it takes to make it into one of the big three at least not against the drivers that are in them at the minute. Maybe as he kind of like the late 20s, he might have that. Um, But yeah, I'm not not 100% sure. However, next year, um, the budget cap will be very, very helpful for pushing Williams up a little bit higher and being a little bit more competitive. They were discussing Seb. Jensen was saying that he never questioned the decision of retirement, um, but that 
Seb was always one of his biggest competitors and that he doesn't think Seb will be coming back to Formula One. He thinks that he's going to go do something bigger and better because there's a lot of finality about the way he's gone about this. However, he would love to have him as a teammate in endurance racing. Um, They were discussing Alonso and how they there was you know a lot of people were like pretty convinced Alonso was going to stick with his retirement and then he came back and now he has a two-year deal with Aston Martin um but the relationship that he has with the engineers will be very different to the relationship Seb has with them because uh he doesn't Fernando doesn't really sit down and work on the development of the cars as religiously as Seb does Um, You know, I think that a lot of that work ethic comes from Michael Schumacher and the influence that he has had on Seb, which I think is just great. Um, A lot of the drivers had some beautiful things to say about Seb and just how wonderful it has been driving alongside him. Um, I think that it's very funny that this week it looks like Fernando has just decided I'm making Seb my friend um he yeah it's it's just crazy to me that Alonso is like his biggest supporter this week um saying stuff like yeah I'll be behind him like if I'm behind him you know I'll make sure that like we both make it to the checkered flag and I'm not gonna fight him and well, okay, all right, that's very kind of you for, like, such a competitive man. Uh, very, very kind of him. They, yeah, Danny, so Danny Rick, a lot of, so he's most likely going to Red Bull, obviously, um, but he basically just needs to find himself again. He needs to take that time. He needs to get away from driving for a little while and he needs to find the Danny Rick that we know and love, the Danny Rick that was at Red Bull. Um, I think that he just feels a bit lost and I think that this is a great opportunity for him to kind of, yeah, just continue and grow and improve. I think that he really just needs the break he just this year just looks like it's half broken him to be honest with you um then we go to free practice two now just before free practice two it was announced that there is a new um endeavor that the formula one is taking on it's called the formula one academy and it is a new all-drive, all-female driver category aiming to develop and prepare young female drivers to progress to higher levels of competition. It begins in 2023, 15 drivers across five teams. Um, the driver budget is capped at 150,000 euros. There will be, it's basically to help uh, the drivers learn how to prepare technically, physically and mentally. Um, alongside a lot of the established teams. Um, It's one of those, everyone has the same car, so there's going to be, it's going to be very, very more focused on the drivers themselves, which obviously is hugely important. Um, Yeah. And then 
during the actual second practice uh it it wasn't hugely entertaining they were kind of just still just talking about Seb um and that the only person who's won more consecutive world championships is Schumacher um I think I think he did five consecutive and Seb only did four consecutive which is great um they were discussing this uh Jensen was saying that his favorite race was Canada 2011 because he beat Seb <laughs> which I mean uh, that would also be my answer if I was in that position um but also he's Seb is the only driver to win more than one title in the V8 car um they were yeah I think that this kind of like the dominance that he showed is just incredible um I think it was Martin was saying that the weekend after multi 21 they were in a press conference he was Seb was asked about it and he doubled down on his decision basically saying I was quicker we were racing I overtook him I won um but there was kind of this like cold look in his eye where you could just see what kind of competitor he was going to be and how hard he was going to fight and he wasn't going to let just anyone take it off him which you could argue is the exact same attitude that a certain Red Bull driver currently has Um, and that in about 10 years people will be looking at that certain Red Bull driver and going wow that's so impressive what he did but you know that's that's just me um everyone's under the impression that mercedes is going to do incredibly well next year um i think it's because of kind of what they did in brazil i think how competitive they looked in brazil i think everyone is very excited to see what they can come out with danny rick it's his 233rd consecutive start he has never missed a race since he debuted uh mr consistency right there he may not be consistent in performance but he is consistent in showing up which arguably is just as important because if you don't show up you can't perform um Charles was complaining about going slow he wasn't given any help by his engineers um yeah alonso and mick and lando all had helmets dedicated to Seb which I think is just lovely again I think everyone was very surprised by Fernando Um, but then I guess you have to consider the fact that a lot of Seb or half of Seb's championships were when Fernando came second against him Um, so their kind of their history is very very strong Um, but I think that I, I yeah I think that he may come back I think Seb might come back Lewis organized a dinner for all of the drivers in honor of Seb um, and paid and everyone was talking about like the seating arrangement and who ordered like organized it and blah 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 and I just think very few drivers can get everyone on the grid to come together as one and I think it's so so impressive that Seb was able to do that um I think that just kind of goes to show what kind of a guy he is 
not even necessarily a driver but just what kind of like man he is um and how much respect everyone has for him they were thinking that it might be possible for Lewis to win this week um which well I don't yeah no that didn't happen um (laughs) and then it's Alpine and McLaren fighting for I believe it was fourth sixth I don't know they were fighting for the constructors basically um Red Bull had done a great job in ensuring that everything this week was fine between the drivers again they were talking so much about just how much of a team they are and how much teamwork they're going to be doing um which I think just is very it's just a very very smart PR move um yeah just making sure that both of them even if that's not how they feel they're both saying the exact same thing but the fact that the drivers even have to say that kind of thing is a bit ridiculous considering Red Bull could have avoided all of this had they had this conversation before the race um FP3 was very very boring I don't even really want to go into it because it was so boring it just yeah it wasn't great qualifying George had mentioned that he feels he has started his uh, process of becoming a world champion. I think that George has the potential to become a world champion, but not for a a little while. I think that Charles is more likely to become a world champion sooner. Um, But with saying that, Charles has also been in a competitive car a lot longer. So I think once George gets a good few years under his belt, he will be in that position to be fighting for that number one spot. Um, They were still just more discussion about Max and Checo. To be quite honest with you, I'm so over it. I'm so over the whole issue. Um, They were talking with Christian and he was basically saying that no one expected it. It's been discussed. It's been dealt with. Everyone needs to move on. Max wasn't happy about things, it's private, it's all been dealt with, like, that's fine, like, alright, okay, like, we get it, the team is dealing with it, but that, um, the Checo and Max together have scored the most points for Red Bull than ever before, um, and that they will be staying teammates for at least the next couple of years, and that it's definitely not about Monaco, but it's between the drivers and they've gotten over it and why would he deliberately crash in Monaco when it's so so expensive um that was basically it that yeah it just I'm like I'm over talking about Max and Checo to be quite honest with you and like that whole issue Q1 it was Seb's 299th start everyone started in soft Lando looked so so competitive um Seb was stuck behind so much traffic it was actually a bit ridiculous he was doing such a good job dodging everyone because far out they were all just sat there it was yeah he did a great job basically um K-Mag, Gasly, Bottas, Albon and Latifi didn't make it through the Q2 
In Q2, Hamilton had issues with his brakes. Everyone was on soft still. Red Bull kept blocking the track for Seb. Seb kept getting so, so angry at them. Um, so annoyed that they were blocking him. Um, but otherwise, relatively uneventful. Alonso, Sonoda, Schumacher, Stroll and Show did not make it through to Q3. Q3, everyone was still on softs. Um, Mercedes were the first cars out in Q2 and Q3. Um, kind of under the perception that it was to get like kind of like the clean air. Um, try and just get what you... Yeah, just try and get it done before anyone else comes out. Um, Norbert Vettel, Sebastian's dad, was on the Dutch Sky Sports, um, uh, I was about to say team channel, um, and he seemed to just be having a great time. He was commentating that. Um, signs went flying. He did a one point, he did a 124.2. Um, but then almost immediately Max did a 123.9, so it was not, Max held on to the pole position basically. He did improve it though, he did get to a 123.8. Um, Danny Rick finished P10, but then because of the grid penalty it starts the race in P13. Max keeps getting booed, I'm so sick of, again I'm so sick of it, like, we get it, he messed up, time to move on, like literally everyone has, literally all of the champions have been selfish like that before, it's fine, it's time to move on. Um, <laughs> so the starting was, the starting lineup goes Max, Checo, Charles, Carlos, Lewis, George, as the starting six, um, and this is Charles' 18th start in one of the top three positions for the season. The last seven races in Abu Dhabi, the pole sitter wins the race. Um, which is, I mean, it's pretty dominating. Like, it's, yeah, it's pretty dominant performance. Um, Toto was not happy with the Mercedes performance. He said that today needs to go in the toilet. I believe he said it's National Toilet Day and this one needs to go to the, today needs to go into the toilet. Uh, this is the first time in 15 years, 15 seasons that Lewis has not started on pole position at least once. And I believe it's also the first time in 15 seasons that Lewis hasn't won a single race, which is just, I think that goes to show kind of just what a shit year Mercedes had. Um, yeah, so then the race, the race itself, Carlos, um, kind of squeezed Hamilton off the track and Ham went flying a little bit. He landed, um, quite hard on the curb, um, and he gained a place and had to give it back to Carlos. Um, Gasly started on softs, Bottas and K-Max started on hards, everyone else was on mediums. Um, everyone else was, I think, trying to uh, figure out if they wanted to have a one-stop or two-stop race. I don't think many of them were very sure yet, they were waiting to see kind of how what the tyres were doing. 
Um, Russell started right behind Lewis and he basically caught up very, very quickly and was like, what are we doing here? He was told to race. He got in ahead so, so, so quickly, so, so easily. Um, there was kind of no real actual fight in it. By lap nine, Hamilton was complaining about his car. They were losing power. Something was wrong. Um, this is just a, a good few issues. But by lap nine, lap ten, Max was already four seconds in front of Checo, who was P2. So I think that just kind of goes to show how dominating Max has been this year. I think it sums it up very, very well. Um, yeah, just how dominant he's been this year. And also how dominant the Red Bull car has been this year. Esteban was defending against Seb like his life depended upon it. I personally would have let Seb through, you know, it's his final race. I would have let him through. I would have let him win P1. <laughs> but I guess I'm not a race car driver probably for that very reason. I'm pro maybe not competitive enough. Norris was three seconds in front of Esteban and three seconds behind George. So he was having like a pretty crazy time. He was just kind of vibing, um, not fighting anyone, just like, yeah, just doing his own little thing all by himself. Uh, Perez pitted and he went in at second and came out at seventh. He put on some hards and Russell did the same thing. He went in at fifth and came out as ninth. In this gap, however, Seb was sixth, I believe. Um, so then it kind of became a battle between Seb and Checo. Um, Seb hold him off, held him off for a good little while. Um, it was quite nice to see actually because Seb actually had a, had a shocking race. He was yeah screwed over by strategy but that little battle was very nice to see. Sainz went in at P3 and came out as seventh. By this point Charles had gone up to P2. Max was seven seconds in front of him um, which is you know like unless a safety car comes out like you he's not like he's gonna win basically Hamilton pitted finally and was complaining about maybe thinking the floor was broken um Checo was 17 by lap 20 Checo was 17 seconds behind Charles so what Max is seven seconds in front at least and then Checo is 17 seconds behind I think that just I think it's the kind of year ending I think it's the kind of race that Charles really needed um Max ended up pitting he went in at first came out second nothing difficult for him real real easy stuff Russell however um released in the pit lane unsafely so he got a five second penalty which they were trying to decide if he was going to have a one stop or a two stop if he has a two stop then he can serve it then and then put on the fresh tires and it'll be much easier blah 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 Leclerc pitted then um one lap after Max and he went in at first and he came out as third and by this point Seb still hasn't pitted he's getting really really pissed off he's getting overtaken by everyone he is not happy 
lap 26, he finally gets to pit. He gets put onto hards. Two laps later, Alonso has to retire. They think it was a water leak, um, which is just the most frustrating way to go out, especially when one of your biggest competitors is retiring. Like, we all wanted to see Alonso, Seb, and Lewis do donuts together at the end. It's so annoying that that didn't get to happen. Leclerc was gaining up on Checo real, real easily. But Checo was complaining that Max was holding him up um, because he either Max he either needed Max to slow down and give him DRS or he needed Max to hurry up so that he could get some like clean air in front of him. Fun fact about Fernando Alonso, the only time he has ever been beaten by a teammate was in 2015 by Jensen, 2007 by Lewis, and 2001 by Tarso Marquez. Um, again, it shows how dominating Alonso is in like within his teams. Perez goes for a second pit stop at lap 34. Uh, Charles gets told to do the opposite of what they do. Um, so once Perez pits, he comes out as sixth. Um, and Max is told to basically watch his tyres. He's doing a one-stop. He needs to get to the end. Um, and Charles is told a very, very similar thing, basically. You're in P2, watch your tyres. You need to make it to the end. Mick and Nick, so that's Schumacher and Latifi, had a bit of a spinning a donut competition. Um, <laughs> both of them were fine. There was a like, minuscule yellow flag. Schumacher got a five-second penalty, but like that was it. Like Nothing really came of it other than that. Lewis, still complaining about his car, was begging to not be put on a one-stop strategy. Um, mind you, George Russell was then brought in for his second pit stop. So I think Hamilton kind of knew by that point that he was going to have to try for the one-stop. Lando Norris is the fastest man alive. A 128.3. So, so speedy. I'm so impressed by that boy. Max, at this point, is telling... Is asking them to pass along to check her that he needs to just send it. The tires will be fine, they'll be able to hold up, he just needs to fucking send it. Seb, again, still complaining about strategy. Mm. Pardon me, how did we get the strategy so wrong? Blah, 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 blah. Strategy is shit. Mind you, his dad, after the race, his dad gets on, so Norbert gets on, I think it was German Sky or something like that. And basically says, well, Aston Martin's strategies have just cost them 12 million, which I mean isn't wrong. Um, that was a 12 million euro, pound, euro mistake. Um, it's, yeah, just horrific. They are still hoping that Checo can catch Charles. Um, uh, Checo is putting in faster laps. But, and so they're, they're saying, like, in the final lap, basically, you'll be able to get him. Ham retires because he was uh, having hydraulic issues. 
Um, this was actually the first mechanical retirement for Mercedes that they had all year. I mean, leave it to the last race. Why not? Like, that's just, just incredible. Meanwhile, Pierre and Alex are fighting for position. And they don't seem to realize that Checo is behind them, like, like lapping them. Um, and so then they're fighting and holding Checo up. And then, <laughs> and then they seem to realize that Checo's behind them and they let him through eventually. But like, I think that, I think had that not happened, Checo could have caught Charles. Um, but you know, whatever. Seb and Danny Rick went to battle for the last lap, the last few laps to try and secure P8, P9. It was, again, just some beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, Danny ended up winning that part, but it's fine. Seb had such a, yeah, put up such a good fight. The tyre management that Charles and Max had to do was just incredible. They did such a good job. They, yeah, they, like, on one stop for that race in those temperatures is just wow I, with that though I don't think Checo really had a huge um, chance at winning he didn't look super competitive for a good portion of the race um, kind of until the last five or six laps he didn't actually look like he would be getting anywhere um, but so the final kind of ten 10 or 9 with Max, Charles, Checo, Carlos, George, Lando, Esteban, Lance, Danny and Seb and Lando got the fastest lap with that 128.3 in lap 44. They obviously they kind of like do a quick little post-race interview with the top three and then they also did it with Seb. Seb was basically saying how it was nice to have a fight with Danny the last laps but there's more important things than racing in circles even though it's what we know it's what we love. Um, there's a responsibility that comes with the platform that we have and I'm trying he's trying to pass that along to some of the younger drivers get them to speak up a bit more about the problems in the world um, to take a stand because they have that responsibility with the platform that they have. And then Sebastian Vettel's career is like officially over. He retires with 122 podiums, 53 wins, four world championships, and the biggest record, nope, the biggest amount of points difference between first and second in the championships of 155 points. Max got very, very close this year. He got 146. Um, but Seb gets to keep that one. Um, it was decided that from Abu Dhabi onwards, the winner gets a medal engraved with the GP, like with like where it is that they won, but also like the race number that it is. So I think they were saying like, like Max get, gets a medal with like Grand Prix 1006 or some, like something along those lines. Um, 
because the teams get to keep the trophies. So it's the drivers need something basically. Post race, Toto was saying that both of the W13s are going to be put into their offices in their foyers as a reminder of how difficult life can be and how you need to continue moving. Um, they had a really, really crap year and basically they need to learn from it. It's been character building, um, but that next year they are back and they're going to be fighting, so everyone else needs to watch out. Carlos was very excited to be fighting at the top to finish second in the constructors, to finish fifth in the drivers' championships. That's equal to his best. Um, this was, he was saying, this is years the first time he's ever had to try and find the pace of the car and try to match it. Um, but that he has done so, especially in the second half of the year, and that the pace is now his baseline. Um, there were a lot of discussions also this year, uh, this week about Ferrari and kind of who's going to be leading them next year. Is it going to be Mattia? Is it going to be Fred? Um, they asked Carlos. Carlos was basically like, behind the doors, you know, like, we are very critical of our people. We would like to be winning, but in public, you know, we put up that kind of we're all together mentality because at the end of the day we are a team and we have to look like a team um mclaren won the came second in the fastest of pit stops even though they had the overall fastest they didn't have the most amount of fastest pit stops so their fastest i believe was a 1.98 uh, Lando, they were telling Lando that he is essentially, he's the only driver outside of the top three teams to have gotten on the podium this year, and that technically that means that he is best of the rest, and he said, I hate that term, please don't ever say that again to me, I want to be the best full stop, not just the best of the rest, which I respect, honestly. Um, but George was very excited because it was actually his first year beating Lando, um, and yeah, so I mean, that would be, I would also love to beat anyone that I played, did sport with when I was younger. I would love to beat them. Um, Seb joined them eventually by this point and kept making, oh, George is the type of guy who um, jokes and I just, that means that he is like actively on social media. And I think that some people might have started shooting themselves a little bit, thinking that Seb may have seen some of the things that they say about him. Um, but, you know, I think that it's quite necessary that, you know, you're very respectful of the drivers and don't be creepy and weird, especially online. They asked Lando what does he think he will take the most from Seb, what has he learnt? he said the most important things I've learned these years is more about the off-track stuff it's about speaking the truth and standing for your opinions not just about racing I need to learn about my voice more and what I can speak out on uh, he gave the example of speaking out on mental health and the support that he gives to mental health and the support that McLaren gives towards mental health um, and I think that that's like if you can leave behind anything don't you want to leave behind encouraging people to stand up for what they want um they were asking then said what 
do you think that your legacy is going to be? And he basically said, I don't get to decide it. Other people get to decide it. I hope that it's, again, I hope people remember me for how kind I was, not necessarily for how great I was. Um, Lewis said that the race was representative of the year, that it was kind of just horrendous and awful and not good and he's very happy to be finished <laughs> um and then Danny Daniel Joseph Ricciardo said that he is very thankful for having perspective because it's easy to get caught up in the competition and when it doesn't get well you can be angry and bitter very easily but that having found the right side of perspective has allowed him to find the appreciation um and that you know they are all of them are very very privileged to be able to do this for their careers and that sometimes they need to find some perspective and get some gratitude for the privilege that they have and sometimes the bad days are the best days because it can ignite that fire charles just looked so over the moon he came second in the in the drivers where I came second in the constructors, he just looked so over the moon for having actually successfully, like, do it. Obviously, they wanted to win. Obviously, he wanted to win. But with how dominant Max is, I think second is kind of all you can ask for. Second is kind of the best that you can expect from yourself. Um, He did put up a good fight at the start of the year, but kind of if you can't maintain that consistency you're never going to get it especially against Red Bull especially against Max anyway that's 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 Abu Dhabi now you probably if you're wondering why I haven't spoken much about Seb's actual retirement it's because first of all I am refusing to believe it but also because I want to do a separate I want to do a separate thing for him Actually, before I finish this up, Mick Schumacher has been completely royally fucked by Haas, and I'm now wanting to lead the Haas hate club um, because Mick Schumacher deserves better than how they've treated him. But I hope that Mick gets that Mercedes reserved driver's seat. Anyway, um, thank you for listening. I will talk to you next week. And if you would like to, feel free to follow me on social media, uh, The Pit and the Paddock on Instagram and also on TikTok. On TikTok, I'm actually currently angering some people with my opinion on a certain American that has gained a seat in Formula One for next year, but that's fine. Um, Thank you for listening and I will see you next time. (laughs)